welcome to Inside Jerks. This is James. Hi. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I was oh. excited. <laughs> I'm Taylor. Hi, yeah, everybody. Taylor's here, too. I'm here. What's up? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, I'm just hanging out here in the mountains. You were hanging out here in the mountains recently. Which ones? Um, the ones near me. Specifically, the mm. mountain that I live on top of. Mm. Yeah, this guy lives in a mountain. There are trees. There are rocks. Big rocks. Lots of uh, trees. And when you're on top of the mountain, guess what? You can see down below to the uh, lower areas of the mountain. Uh, yes. Because yes. you're on the mountain top, but to look down to the mountain base, and you know that you are above everybody else. That's what you're loving about living in this house, right? Like you, you're just on top of everything. I like my high castle, yes. And you are a man in the high castle, and, and the mm -hmm. rules regarding uh, totalitarian sort of fascism mm -hmm. also really play out well yes. in your house. Um, or at least, you know, what's written up on the walls are those posters that have really bold, just like, you know, do mm -hmm. this, do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah. 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 No, it's interesting. And you know when when here he, let me just paint a picture for you guys. So I show up to to James' house, right? Um, I show up and he opens the that's, door. That's what it says on the when, front of the house. It says James' house. It says James' house. No apostrophe yes. in there at all. It just says mm -hmm. James' house. Yeah. And who opens the door? But not James, but somebody of another J. Uh, he opens the door, and I think it looks like James. But then he has this shirt on that made, got me very excited. The shirt said state of jefferson and he's like this is what i'm really into i'm totally down with like breaking things apart and building it back up to where it's supposed to be and he kept saying like i'm really patriotic and i was so happy to finally meet the true person the true james that i was never able to actually meet now that you are up in the mountains james i think the true you is coming out and it's really working for you yeah, I'm just, um, I'm really hoping that California splits off and all the places with any money that support the rest of the state are completely separate and Gone. we don't get any support from them. We don't need it. Um, that is socialism. That is Chinese communism. Ugh. And um, yeah, give me a break. Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I am a sovereign citizen. Um, Jefferson is my state. And yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's a, you know, it's a, it's a make for a better America, a better uh, United States of Jefferson. Ooh. You know, I didn't even, I, look, I'm excited now. I'm excited. I'm, I'm riled up. I want to, I want to keep going with this topic, but I've recognized that I've made a mistake by introducing this topic because I know that we're both very riled up and want to speak on how we're feeling about it. But I don't. I don't know if I really want to. Do we want to dig? Do I want to dig into that? Um. No, I would rather not dig. Okay. I don't. Perfect. Yeah. No. Um. We don't like to discuss politics here on Inside Jerks. Uh, Fuck no. I mean, the furthest we want to go in politics is like <laughs> boxers or briefs. <laughs> okay. So, see, now this is a topic that's even even more volatile, I, I think. Because if I come into a room and I'm saying, check this out, briefs, what's going to happen to everybody? Everybody else is going to respond with violence. I, at least that's what's happened in the past. And, and so I'm not really sure how I would feel about even getting into this topic. 
Sure, yeah, and I don't even know where where I really weigh because I wear You're boxer right down the briefs. Middle. Yeah, boxer briefs, dude. I I mean, you can't really choose. I mean, when you're looking at it, I mean, briefs don't look that. You know, they're a little too tight. Boxers are a little too loose, and you know, I think that's a perfect metaphor for where we are. It's like I'm just happy with this in between. Yeah, I I will say that I have looked up on it and i i wondered um how the briefs are affecting my um i'll put it blunt balls and how the uh little sperms inside are working whether it's gooder or worse than if i have the underwear on the briefs or the boxers or the boxer briefs which one is the best for my little guys um and i was doing some research about it and it actually i, I came across something pretty neat because not only is uh, do you have to worry about the sperms and how they're they're interacting with your own uh, biology, but um, on top of that, there are other things that that instead of just spermies, you've also got like an erectile dysfunction thing, which leads me to sure. a drop. Sex last night. What? Oh yeah, well it was pretty alright. Oh cool. I was getting close, but I realized most of the time I won't do it tonight. So baby, maybe it's not you. It's definitely me. Whoa, cool. Ed erectile dysfunction. Ed erectile dysfunction. I just want to give a little taste so that people yeah. go out there and actually buy the record. Sure. Um, you know, I don't want to pull the play the whole thing and 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 get demonetized or something. Right. But, um, right. You know, I I found that track and I thought it was perfect in line with, uh, you know, what I was looking up for the PP stuff. So. No. Yeah, that's good. Um. Yeah. Well, I just feel like I don't know if uh, it's good. I think I might have just wasted ten minutes of our time. Sure. But, you know. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, the thing is, like the briefs. I feel like they hate my balls, and the boxers, they don't respect my balls. So you go right down the middle, between disrespect and respect. Sure, a, a light hug. A hug. And not, not squeezing too tight. No, 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 no. Uh, a newborn child, a little squeeze. You don't want to squish that brain, yeah, but also, like, you want to make sure... Also makes my thighs look good. Um, that being said, uh, I am losing weight. I've been working out. Wait a second. So the other day you were talking about calories. Sure. I've got and an you were talking about carbohydrates. Yeah. And some other things. Now speak on more of it. Um, well, I'm down um, about seven pounds currently. And uh, I'm, you know... Every day I get closer and closer to the uh, elusive thigh gap. That's good. You're saying that you're getting closer to it as in you yourself are obtaining the thigh gap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm chafing less. It's great. That is pretty cool. Now, how has the heat affected you? How's the weather affected you with the, the either the thigh gap or lack thereof like what's what how, how, how what are the differences 
Well, um, up here, we're at 3,400 feet, um, and we are done with our hot season for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I did go on a pretty intense bike ride the other day. Um, Bicycle. More yeah, more intense than I had planned on, more intense than um, I would recommend for anyone. Um, mm. And I wasn't able to finish the whole ride, um, but I started at about 3,000 feet and went down to about 2,000 feet in about 15 minutes over the course of like four and a half, five miles. Sure. Um, which is like very, very fast. If you are, if you are a bike rider, I was probably, I was going between like fifteen and twenty miles an hour down a, um, down a bike trail. You know, with my, you know, just, you know, pumping the pedals the whole time, pedals slightly mm. ahead of me. So it's like, yeah, it was intense even for downhill. Um, and. No crash? Uh, no, no, I was good. I I made it to um, you know, the downtown area to the next town over, and I went to turn around and head back, and it starts off not too bad, but my legs were, like, completely turned to jello, and I made it. Mm. I was able to ride very, very slowly, like maybe at a pace slightly faster than walking um, for about... Bike pace. I did that for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I walked for 20 minutes, and then I realized I was still three miles away from where I parked my car, and I had to call for a ride, which was disappointing because I wanted to be, you know, the whole idea was to be, like, self-sufficient, and I can sure. do this thing that I set out to do, and there was just, there was no way. I should have chosen a closer ending point or um, just, like, made the ride overall shorter. Um, it was intense. I couldn't do it. I didn't have, I like ran, I ran out of, out of energy. My knees were hurting. Um, but it was, you know, I'm, I'm used to riding, you know, 20 miles flat, which is totally fine. But that, um, but once I you put a little bit of an incline in there, it gets a bit tough. Sure. And I haven't, I haven't been on my bike since March, so I wasn't putting that factor in i was you know oh, i was yeah, going for huge. like yeah like peak biking that doesn't have much of an incline and i was in better shape even in march um and yeah i just couldn't do it um so yeah i was a little disappointed disappointed but not discouraged um and i ended up like um I don't know, even after like what I ate and the calories that I burned and then I drank a white claw, I was still under like two hundred calories for the like I was negative two hundred calories for the day. How many um, calories are you allowed during the day? Um currently it's like uh about nineteen hundred. Okay. And that's um the current thing is like uh trying to lose it's like a little like little exercise almost like stagnant um and losing a pound a week so i Man. haven't that's that's what the initial goal was made off of but i've been staying well under those calories and i've been working out um mm -hmm. so it keeps my original goal was to do it in like 10 months and now 
Like, according to the app, I'm going to reach the goal in March, which I don't really believe, because this seven pounds is going to come... That came easily, but, like, every... It's a bit tough every, after. Yeah, every pound I lose, it's going to be harder to lose another pound. But, um, but I'm sticking with it. I mean, yeah, I'm not slowing I down anytime soon. I wish I lo look. I'm losing. I'm not losing pounds as much as losing hair. And when I'm, I'd rather lose a pound for every hair that I lost. You know. <laughs> oh dang! I mean, I mean, you know me. I've got a. My hair is bleached, so I am like losing more hair than I would like right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm still not certain because it's like it's hard to tell, but I think I do have quite a few more gray hairs than before I bleached my hair. But some of that could obviously be, you know, COVID-related stress and oh, I definitely have more starting a business-related stress. Yeah, yeah. And... But um, I don't know. Things are things are coming up. We're opening a brewery soon. You it's gonna be good. and who else? Um, it's me and my Faja. Um, and my, Austin yeah. Powers? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pipe and a crepe. Um, what? Bong and a blintz. <laughs> James, stop. We're trying to record a podcast. Cigar and a waffle. <laughs> it's That's funny. my favorite It's one. funny when I do the accent, too. Oh. <laughs> Smoking a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy who eats his skin mm-hmm yeah, yeah same guy he's got the the throbbing gold cock wait what yeah i don't remember that yeah he's got a big old cock that's a key i have to re i have to rewatch my favorite trilogy of films again i guess yeah yeah first one holds up <laughs> Yes. You know what I would say about that trilogy? Overall, first one holds up. I do love gold, though. I'm at it again. Come you on. You can't come say on, it like that. On. You have to say it like the guy. I love gold. <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then, uh, oh, I'm going to eat you. Get inside of me. You know, yeah. there's that guy, too. That's in the other movie. I eat the child. Yeah. I eat the child, and I'm a. It, the child is like a pig, but it's I want other that kind of child. Pig. I want that child. Hand I over want that, that child. child. Hand over the child. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. Um. I'm finished. <laughs> you know, there are a couple. There. Are that's one thing that you probably shouldn't say at the end of uh, sex. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, you, you could, could say, say it, but just don't say it You could say like something that, like, maybe. I'm going to run you over in the car when I come back down the hill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to friggin', I'm gonna friggin' use my bowling pin and pound that, it, pound that soft stuff until I'm finished. I really hate that man. I... <laughs> Hope my wife never says that after sex. Oh. But if she's a Jurassic Park fan and she's just doing quotes, I mean, I think that works, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stick stupid. You know, I definitely, uh, when you, <laughs> when you gotta go, you, uh, 
Gotta go. That's what I say after I'm done it's having the, sex, after I come. It's the orientation of the hairs on your wrist. That's definitely something that wants to do. look at this. Look at this. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm sitting here uh, by myself, uh, talking to myself. That's that's chaos. That's <laughs> Thinking of, uh, or speaking of Laura Dern, um, I've been watching Twin Peaks The Return. How has that been? Um, good. I went into it because I, I listened to, um, a podcast, uh, friends of the show, the wizard and the bruiser. Um, of course. yeah, friend, friend of the show, De- definitely cool dudes over there. Um, and they did an episode, um, on twin peaks. Um, and they, um, talked about the return and they cited Mark Frost as saying specifically that it is, um, advised to not binge Twin Peaks The Return for your own mental health. And you know me, I took that as a challenge. And Absolutely. you know what I've gotten so far watching... Um, I mean, I've only done it three nights so far, but I watched between three and four episodes. And you know what I've gotten? What? Plenty of sleep and at normal sleeping hours. It's Then that Mark Frost guy doesn't even know what he's talking about then, eh? Or maybe I just, I'm the, sort. well, I have had three Twin Peaks related dreams and then other, I have had other dreams where um, I am being like verbally attacked by uh, people that I, um, you know, more or less care about very much and uh, respect Mm. um, their opinion and hope they respect me. So... That could be part of it, um, but I my sleep. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, um, careful listeners of the show would know that I don't sleep very well. Neither of us really sleep on normal schedules, but oh, not um, at all. it's been like a week, and I've been, uh, you know, at least in bed by two. Like I sleep mm-hmm. by three, waking up at eleven, which isn't you know ideal. But, no, but that's a lot better than I've been doing lot, recently. It's a lot better than going to bed at 5 a.m. and sleeping until 3 p.m. My favorite thing is to go to bed at 3. Go to bed at 3, fall asleep at mm, 6, sure. and then um, wake up, wake up, up around 30. 9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or on those days where I go to sleep at 9 a.m., wake up at 2 p.m., uh wake up and feel real weird not understanding why my brain doesn't work and then go oh no sleep and i think you know i i myself i don't think i would have been able to do the return i i think you're cheating a little bit let's say this the when i first started watching the return i could not do more than one episode a night like it was almost intentional just because there were so many things going on that i like at the end of every episode i'm just kind of sitting there staring at a blank screen after it's over because it's just intense uh but i had never seen it before um and i think this is technically kind of like your one your your one and a half go-throughs or something right like you've you've seen bits of this before maybe i have seen episodes one through eight before so it's definitely easier um it is um like mentally it is slowing down for me because um i just watched episode 10 that was the first or no i just watched episode nine that was the first episode that I had seen yeah. that was new to me, and it definitely slowed down. Um, but even like episode eight, 
did not like the first time felt extremely tedious and if those who are familiar with the show I don't want to give away spoilers because even though it's three years old like this is still if you haven't watched the whole series you should definitely do it yeah but it centers around a um a nuclear bomb blast yes um, in the 50s and it has this like certain amount of repetition in a creative way and like it's like the first it's all black first, and white like, it's all black and white it's got a lot of like animated parts um kind of swirled together with non-animated parts um there is no one i think cooper shows up in the last little bit of the well episode, don't get into but, it no but i was saying it's there's no one that you know being pictured in all of these sequences and it's kind of it's animation put together with live action shots well i um, i'd argue that you do know some of most of these things these people these. sure they are in there are people in various forms and there yeah. are there's a couple of familiar faces in there but they're not necessarily um you know, uh, it's not what you're looking for, maybe. Right, right. It's not going to be your. It doesn't. Um, on the surface, if you're not a really deep fan, it yeah. seems like an anomaly in the series. But if you if you know what's going on, it's yeah. Not it's for the casual kind of, fan. Sure, sure. And the first time I watched it, it was tedious. But I had not finished season two. And, and I had Firewalk. not watched Firewalk with me at the time, so I was like, what the fuck is happening? I didn't get most of the show, so this second viewing of episodes one through eight have been like, oh yeah, I totally, this is not nearly as confusing as I once thought it was. <laughs> yeah, for, the, for those who uh, are having trouble remember, it's a, we'll, we'll say moth frog? Uh, I'll, I'll say a word there that maybe would make sense. Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, mo- yeah. Here we go. That's the microphone uh-huh. that I'm looking here. All right. I had to twist this thing around. I'm learning on this computers. Um, but no, the, the black and white one, and it's a very spiritual episode. It's a very odd, ethereal, surreal. Um, this is a dream world sort of feeling. This is a world sure. between worlds in a way. Um, and so for those people who are casual enough to, you know, maybe not really super dig into what everything means. Yeah. This, this particular episode, episode eight would be, uh, you know, kind of bland and just odd. And I don't know what the fuck is happening. Why am I watching this sort which of feelings is, going on? Which but... is how I felt the first time watching it, but having finished season two and watched Firewalk with me, which we did mm. together, um, Upon watching this episode eight, it is fucking amazing, and I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, uh, I am the water. I am the well. Uh, it's it's great. It's great. It's fantastic stuff, and to see it made as well. Like I've been digging into some you know little special features here and there, and just watching Lynch uh, directing on set and seeing how, from a lay perspective, how disjointed and sort of like you know segmented little things are but then to see the finished product and how everything glues together it's just insane it makes me so happy like no matter how terrifying um you know a a sequence may be like it makes me really happy and smile just because of the art that's throughout this thing and 
Uh, I just, I can't believe I went almost my entire life without actually digging into Lynch. And I'm kicking myself every single day that I'm thinking about him. And I'm thinking about him pretty much every day, let me tell you. Sure, me too. I mean, especially with his YouTube clips, which I would definitely recommend if you are a David Lynch fan. He does a weather report for the LA area, as well as um, picks a, um, a number. Number of the day. One through ten. Um, and yeah, those are, if you, yeah, if you need a little bit of Lynch every day to wake you up, I would definitely recommend it. He is a delightful presence in my life, I hope, in yours as well, and anyone in listening to. My life, absolutely. This this person has been the biggest muse in quite some time. You know, I, I feel like with my involvement of like digging into Lynch's work and digging into my own creativity like I never have in the past and understanding myself more than I ever had before and like emotionally, physically, all these things are starting to tie together just because luckily we've had this time and nothingness going on to almost force your brain into some sort of activity. And uh, every day I'm just thankful for that, that, that Lynch is that artist that has lived, that has been around to share as much to create as much as they have and this fucking angel this guy he's 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 he we don't this this world that we live in seemingly doesn't deserve what david lynch is trying to give us and uh my life is all the better for it and it's beautiful and uh you know especially that 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 particular episode episode eight of the return along with some stuff that's going on in uh, Firewalk with me, it gets rather spiritual. It gets rather, um, there, there, there are these hands that are kind of moving around, uh, covering and uncovering thoughts of, uh, not only things that are really, really lovely, but the terrifying things, obviously. And along with that comes death. And I mean, this whole show was kind of kicked off by a, by a death of what was the light of this small town. You know, the, everybody kind of looked up to this person. Well, and the, um, the seeming, seemingly the light, and then you learn a little bit more about her. Oh, sure. You know, her, deep- she had a secret life that was a lot more dark, but I would say that she was a light in the darkness of this town as well. The, you know, the dark underbelly, she was what kind of held that together too. I, I would say that without Laura uh, as this light, uh, we wouldn't have that pure black darkness of death and everything that revolves around Bob. And sure. everybody else who's in, involved with that realm of things, Ms. Tremond and the, you know, the God of Light guy. Yeah. Which was also very... I love those scenes because they're terrifying. It's like, it's unknown. Like, what the fuck is happening? And I, as a 32-year-old man, am getting scared while watching this because it's so unnerving. And, like, nothing's really happening. It's a creepy guy asking, got a light? And it's just keeps going, and it's unnerving, and it's fucked up, and I love it. And it makes me just, makes me really happy. I don't know. And along with this sort of spirituality and stuff, like, it's very new for me. I'm not a spiritual person. I've never really been a God-loving dude in any way, shape, or form. In fact, probably the opposite. But nowadays, it's like, oh, this universe, this chaos, these things that are actually seemingly 
completely disconnected. So many things are connected. And with that spirituality, it's like, oh, I'm okay with a lot of things that I was scared of in the past. And it's weird. It's interesting. Along with, uh, you know, death. Well, that is, um, that is like, a, I would say that is like God the formless. Mm-hmm. In a way. Um, but I, I say the, the God that there, there is no God ruling the world, but there is a God among us. And that God is the force. That's basically how I look at things where it's like, Hey, we're all connected. We got energies flowing back and forth. We got good things. We got bad things. There's stuff in the middle. We got to balance, right? We got to find that harmony within ourselves. The good stuff. You can't have too much of the good stuff. Cake is delicious, but if you eat a whole friggin' one, you're going to be as big as a house, right? Or a pie. A pie and coffee. You don't want to drink too much coffee because you might get a bit jittery. But if you eat too much pie, you also might feel kind of big and stuff. You don't want to do any of that. Find no, the balance in your life. Hey, a little bit of coffee and pie never hurt anyone. Just don't overdo it. You know, and like Mr. Cooper says, Special Agent Dale Cooper says, you know, treat yourself every once in a while. Give yourself a little present. Every day, do something for you. He's he's a Taoist uh, oh, legend. He he he's a monk? that character that that is built. That character, which is so much of Lynch, kind of an analog for the audience and the analog for Lynch. Sure. Um, the way that he dresses, the way that he speaks and stuff, that character is written by Lynch, for Lynch, sort of. And Kyle McLaughlin fucking gets it. And those guys are on a completely another level. And the fact that they can work together so well. And it's... I can't think of another, like, teaming um, with with actor and director other than maybe, like, De Niro and Scorsese or something. But, like, I can't think of a teaming of actor-director that, that has been like this in recent memory. Sure. I mean, I would even, I would more say uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese, but I guess you're right. But yeah. yeah. Um, but that would be. I mean, I think that's more of a generational thing. You know, Robert De Niro was yeah. probably you know earlier on, and then Scorsese has moved into to uh, DiCaprio in in later years with like Shutter Island, especially. I can't wait to see what that guy does next. Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was just Mwah. little chef's oh, kiss. Oh, Scorsese. Right there. Yeah. Di- DiCaprio. <laughs> the boy on the boat door. <laughs> this guy's a stinker gotcha. over here. I forget I gotcha. how much of a stinker you are. I'm a bit also, of a stinker. You did get me. Ah, gee. Um, you uh, laid the floor to a couple of segues there into our topic today. Um, that we're getting into a half hour into the show. Um, Heck yes, I did. But um, but no, I didn't. I didn't take the bait. I'm not taking the fucking bait. Um, you don't have to take bait. You could be like those little fish. They got them bug eyes out, and they're just looking at that hook. They're looking at that hook, saying like, "This is a worm." They say, "Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a worm." But one of them might get a little bit of a kiss next to, him and taste it, but realize that it's a hook, and he bounces out. You want to be the person who's sitting on the side, and just kind of staring. You don't want to take that bait. I'm not going to take the bait. It's Don't not going to happen. It. All right, fine. It's not going to happen. Um, what are we to talk about death? Um, there been has there. been some um there've been some recent deaths, um some uh 
Well, one one affecting me more than others. I'm going to talk about a few, but if you'd like have other people you want to mention, that's that's also cool. This is an open space. Um, but I uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of musicians that passed away recently, and hmm. um, I don't want this. It's not like a sad thing or anything like that. Which I'll get no, into no. that of like how I how I deal with this sort of thing. Um, but it's more of like, you know, if you didn't, um, it's also, it's like pay tribute and as well as if you haven't listened to their stuff, then, you know, go out and check it out. Um, the first being, uh, Tim Smith, the frontman of Cardiacs. Mm. Um, if you don't know Cardiacs, they are a sort of like, um, a culmination of like, Oingo Boingo and Genesis with like a heavier prog element too. Frenetic. Um, yeah, it's when I listen to Cardiacs, Technical. I feel like time does not exist. I could listen to a three minute song and it feels like I'm like trapped in that song for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, an hour. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like, time is non-existent and you are, like, at the mercy of the, you know, just spastic guitar riffs and Mm -hmm. starting and stopping of different beats. Um, Yeah, it's just a very, um, like... And they've got the visual to match. I I implore anybody uh, to go out there and check out Tart and Feathered, the uh, music video from the Cardiacs. Yeah, a music video that feels like it lasts for at least 10 minutes, and it's only about, like, a little over three minutes. And the band appears to get sicker during the performance of the song, and it's (laughs) very, very cool and very well done. Um, And also, um, R.E.S. is a good one. Um, Mm -hmm. To go off in things, just to um, name a few different things, but... Um, I would recommend like a certain album, um, but all of their music is good. They do they do not make duds. There's a um, there's a performance. I think it's around an hour. You can find it in separate videos. That was in 2007, a couple years before Tim had a um, had a stroke, which basically impaired his ability to to play in 2009. Yeah. Um, but this was recorded two years before that, and they're in a shed. And it's him, his brother, who plays bass, the um, original drummer of Cardiacs, and another guitarist. And they are in a shed. There's a fisheye camera lens on them. And in between every song, Tim is just, like, screaming at him, including, like, screaming at his brother specifically. And, like, that it's, like, hot in the shed or that, um, you know... His brother is, like, disappointed and doesn't want to be there, but it's all this, like, mm-hmm. weird bit that they've, like, invented for this video that it's like, yeah, of course it's a shed. Of course it's hot. I don't want to be here either. Why are it we doing all, this? And it adds it, like, a whole other layer of yeah, uncomfortable. And it just makes the music, like, angrier and more uncomfortable. And, yeah, yeah it's it's very good. And, and I think that's um, that was something that was brought to the table like that's why the music has this certain energy because like you need to be 
like the music is uncomfortable by nature and you have to be uncomfortable to play it mm-hmm. um, I think that is that is all it's all part of it all part of this like grand master scheme of what makes this band beautiful and great and Tim was the leader of this band yes yeah you the singer and guitarist and um um, I mean, the original band consisted of six or seven members, and he did, um, you know, he wrote the songs, but I'm sure, you know, different members wrote their own parts, but the, you know, the songwriter, um, I would say, of the band. Um, but fantastic band. Check out Cardiacs if you haven't. Um, I'll link to, to a couple videos on our, like, social media Anyone who has like the slightest interest in math rock, prog, just friend, just crazy spastic, uh, you know, noise, noise, uh, anything like that, check these guys out. They're going to be bits and pieces uh, that you will find very interesting and very nice. Yes, and I do want to mention um, this this band. I'm like rather new to listening to them, and it was. Um, I mean, like I said, you're trapped in time when you're listening to them. So it doesn't really like, it didn't really matter to me that I had only known this band for like a year or so before Tim Mm. passed away. It was, and Tim had been sick for, you know, 10 years after, after the stroke. So it's not like we were going to get any music, but it was still like, you know, still sad to lose him. Yeah. Especially he was 59. So, you know, not, not an old guy at all. Um, but, uh, uncle Howard of the uncle to uncle podcast are, um, our podcast network brothers, um, uncle Howard introduced me to this band and they are, yeah, they're great. Fantastic. Uncle Howard now being my neighbor, like an hour away too. So, you know, cheers to, uh, uncle Howard. I'm sure he's, Howie, cheers. I'm sure he's sipping on a high life in a hot tub right now with some, cute babes three of them he told me he was gonna send a picture but he hasn't done it yet yeah um but then i I will transition to my next death um and i so you're saying probably this this... yeah well i don't want to sound too nonchalant about this but again i will say later we'll get into my experiences and everything um that um you know we are all we are all destined to be dead one day so <laughs> there's only you know be sad about it honor people do what you have to do but at the end of the day we're all we're all going to be there sooner or later and it doesn't it just doesn't matter you have the time here and then you're not here anymore this um, is very true so yeah, going into our next one is going to be um, Riley Gale of Power Trip. Another the, young, younger than they should have been. Oh, very, very young. Um, 35 years old. Um, don't know how or why. I don't think it really matters. The only, you know, the the only thing that matters is that, you know, someone existed and now they don't. And... Mm what a what a champion for his um scene the hardcore and metal scene um 
he felt that they were a band that didn't really fit the like hardcore punk scene or the metal scene. They were kind of in this in between mm-hmm. thrash zone. Um, but um, huge champion of like just you know people's rights all around. Uh, most recently, um, along with collaborating with. Ice-T performing a Body Count song recently. Yeah. Um, back in July, he had a uh, a uh, streaming concert benefiting um, like people who like crew and stage people, um, you know, roadies and the like, sound people and everything. Everybody behind the scenes. It was uh, like a ticketed event that people paid for and all the money went to those behind the scenes workers who just like musicians don't have jobs anymore that they, you know, there are no venues open. Um, but, but yeah, power trip was something unreal. I was able to see them, um, think back in December or January in Berkeley, um, opening for high on fire. And, um, it was amazing. They were a band that I would recommend, even if you weren't into like quote heavy music, mm-hmm. um, I would recommend anybody go see Power Trip. It was It's an experience. Yeah, and the energy they put out there, it's yeah, it was incredible. Um Yeah. I'm so glad I was able to see them. I feel I feel bad for people who never got to see them, who did miss mm. their chance. Um, but I mean, the music is still out there. Um, again, another band. All of their, all of their songs are great. They have this, like, insane amount of energy that is like, angry and extremely positive at the same time. Like, you're not, you're never gonna like, you're never gonna feel upset to them. <laughs> to listening to them it's they're fantastic it, it's just i feel like oh, yeah i'm sorry i'm not i don't mean to interrupt you there oh i was just gonna say it's like feel good heavy music it's yeah it feels spectacular to listen to i feel like the three people that we've talked about today lynch and tim and riley um i think that they're all kind of in the same boat of misunderstood by like the general populace right sure. like i think these are those sort of artists where it's like uh, you know, David Lynch, oh, he's some creepy fucking guy and he just makes gross stuff, uh, you know, and then you actually look into his stuff and it's not about death, but actually loving the life that comes before the death and like the beauty within the the nastiness of things. Tim's music is like, oh, you're a fucking insane person, like you have problems. And it's no, you're an absolute genius who knows how to actually play through these things. Like technically it's, a, it's an a, a extreme accomplishment. And with Power Trip, it's like, that's a band that, many people might just discard as like, oh, this is just a regular fucking regular death metal band, like, you know, like every other one. But there's there's a sense of, yeah, it's a very in-between sort of band. Like, it's not punk, it's not thrash, it's not death, it's 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 right down the middle. And similar to uh, Deaf Heaven in a way, it's like Deaf Heaven is inspired by like black metal, but it doesn't sound like black metal. It's more like sort of post-emo stuff, along with uh, Power Trip in a way has this sort of uh, undercurrent of uh, you know sort of recent emo but backed up heavily by super death great heaviness um, sure and there yeah power trip had this certain way of like if you 
If you meet someone who's also a Power Trip fan, you know they get it. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's the certain cult thing that that Lynch has, and Cardiacs too. Although, you know, Cardiacs is much um, is a much uh, smaller base. You're not your average much person isn't gonna. Yeah, um, like they're from they're from England, but even in England, people a lot of people don't know them. They are. You know, beloved by their fan base, but not many. You're you're either a fan or you've never heard them before. That's yeah. that's how it that's how it works with them. Um, but I yeah, I mean, there's I feel like in a lot of things, there's like the the three people we've talked about. There's no casual fans. Yeah, it's it's you're you're not really on the fence about things. I, I mean, maybe with Lynch, where it's like. Yeah, I like that one movie of his, but everything else yeah. is just too weird for me. I, yeah, but, I like I like Blue Velvet, but I haven't really seen anything else. Or yeah, the elephant. You know what I used good. to say? <laughs> I used to say uh, I love the Straight Story. The Straight Story is his best movie. I used to say because I was a child and hadn't seen the rest of his stuff, <laughs> and just thought, oh, just more mainstream about, means better. I just did just hear about that, and I was thinking about watching it, but I, it's good. I know, I'm sure it's great, but I'm not going to, you know, get get my lunch fix. I'm going to have to watch Blue Velvet afterwards or Lost Highway or something. The final scene in the movie, I think you'll get your lunch fix, guaranteed. But it's, yes, it's very No different. spoilers. But uh, it's also, uh, you know, much like these men, uh, just art in general. So many art, so many things that are involved. What am I trying to say? Like visual stuff, audio stuff, the arts in general is it's so interesting how misunderstood it can be. It's so interesting how you can't really be on the fence about things and you're flipping one side or the other. And where am I going with this? I'm not really sure because I feel like my brain just busted, but I like art and I like these guys a lot. (laughs) And I'm very happy that these people were in the, in this world. And, uh, you know, it, it, it it was a sad thing for a little while, uh, especially when it hit so close to home as I'm a, I'm almost 33 years old and somebody who's 35 just died of, and yeah, it, it scares me um, in in ways, but then I just remember, you know what? That's good to get that sort of thought-provoking thing happening. That's good to get that reminder of, you know, stop wasting time so much, or or just to appreciate who we are as people, as individuals. Um, there were just a, a couple of um, of Bill Hicks stand-up specials that were released oh, sure. on um, on Netflix, and in one of them, he's talking about. Um, smoking cigarettes and everybody's you know people are telling him to quit um, that it's that is bad for you and and something Mm. and something and he's like it's like man everybody should just start smoking you know it doesn't matter nothing matters here for a limited time anyway and then he's like fast forward to me in five years and I'm up here with a tracheotomy and then he like holds the microphone up to his neck, <laughs> you know, doing the, mm-hmm. you know, doing that voice. And then he goes to smoke a cigarette out of his neck. And then I looked at the date that that was recorded, and five years from then he was dead from uh, yeah, it was either pancreatic or prostate cancer, one of the two. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, early forties, I think, if that. Young man. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was crazy to see him like, I'm going to be up here in five years. And it's like, well, not exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
And but... it, it, there's a whole... Hmm, I don't know what the word would be. There's not, It's not stigma, but there's a whole thing surrounding the... How sad, how um, unfortunate it is for people so young to die. Sure. Uh, and it's interesting to feel that yeah that's that's true like you obviously should have lived a bit longer but you go back like 100 years what was it like 150 years ago we were like 34 was like a really good age to die uh i i keep thinking about just well like averages i mean i think uh you know, people were still living into their 80s, but... I'm sure you had people like, who were living into their 100s still. You could you could step on a rusty nail and, you know, Die. definitely be dead by 40 easily, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's... Unless there's, like, some... I, I get upset if there's an accident, right? Like, like if somebody... Sure. Let's, say, let's say somebody got in a car crash or... or Let's say like Anton Yelchin, where his car crashed into him accidentally, and it was just yeah. a freak fucking accident that was very unfortunate. Like those are the kind of things that piss me off. It's like that was unavoidable. If it's like odd natural causes things, or it's just like, hey, you know, it just happened, and these people were not super suffering. Let's say, and and I'm you know I'm 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 pulling at hair, pulling at straws here, but it's like when I when it feels like somebody was yanked away, it's it's pretty upsetting in a way but when sure. people when, yeah, when it just when kind of they... happens and things were going okay i like i don't feel as upset anymore i feel more pride of like man they did a pretty good job for what they had you know for whatever this fate or god person is doing sure yeah and you can i mean definitely with tim smith i mean he had a stroke a decade ago and he aged 30 years in that decade yeah. so yeah, he was, he was not well, but still, you know, there in his head and everything. So, but, but yeah, I get what you mean. And especially with Riley, like we, we all missed out on more power trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's not to, yeah, that's the big, I'm not trying to put pressure on like, you know, unwarranted, unfelt pressure on a dead man. Um, or like other members of his band to have to like carry on this legacy, which yeah. they could just they could just do whatever they want to do. Um, but it's just that you know we definitely he definitely had more to say. Yes, that's okay. You put the nail. You put the nail. Goodness, I can't speak today. You hit the nail on the head. That's what it is. To know that there was so much more to come. Yeah. Like man, to think about when this guy gets into his 50s and like what the hell is he doing then and how how proggy and weird might he be doing sure um i don't know but it's good no i'm not i'm not so so overall you're feeling okay not not remiss or anything about it yeah like how are yeah. you feeling when these things happen i mean i mean tim smith he was you know, sick for a while, but it was still a bummer. And, you know, listened to a lot of his music and it was hard to not get, you know, kind of teary eyed in the moment, but yeah. Yeah. Again, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't doing well for the past decade, but it was just like the front man of a band called cardiacs for him to get, have a heart attack and a stroke that, you know, essentially paralyzed him from the shoulders down. It's like, 
it's um you know almost befitting a, of a genius of that caliber that you just don't mm -hmm. you just don't get that much time here when you put that much into what you're doing um so yeah in a way it's almost like uh it almost seems like fate in that way in a very like cruel mm -hmm. um you know a like a god's cruel joke kind of thing Definitely. It's like, oh, Which this is... isn't a surprise. This was something that feels meant to be because it's so right. not meant to be. Yeah, that um, that someone with um, like uh, I'm trying to think of like some someone with so much control over the reality around them is only meant to be in physical existence for so long. Yep. Man. I, I've been coming back to this this idea of what comes next, and I've been more and more excited about it. And I'm not somebody who believes in heaven. I don't believe in an afterlife or necessarily reincarnation, but something is happening after. And uh, the closer that I get to death, and it feels like it's pretty close. It felt it felt a couple of weeks ago like it was going to happen. Like I can feel it on like an onset of death, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't want this to happen right now. Somehow got out of it, but. Um, where am I going with this? Buddy boy, I'm sorry. For all you guys listening out there, I'm sorry. These I feel like I'm I, not to not to uh, belittle anything the the importance of Tim, but I feel like I'm having a stroke. Yeah. Um I mean, I was <laughs> I was definitely feeling that way for a while, but I feel like I'm um I feel back on top now, um, mentally, um, Good. to, and to move this into something a little more personal. Um, these are, we talked about Tim, we talked about Riley, um, also within that same, I don't know if it was, not sure if it was in that same month, but in, in within a 30 day period, mm -hmm. um, my grandpa also passed away. My dad's yeah. dad, um, definitely a truly beautiful man he was 94 years old um so this is Ooh. you know this is more going into you know someone in there you know i know people live to be much longer and oh that's a good age man yeah i mean i i don't really want to live <laughs> much past 80 myself um yeah. but i you know i do want to be now that goes back into like me working out more too of like I do want a you know functional body up to 80. Um I I want to be able to enjoy a glass of wine in my 80s. So if I take care of myself, mm -hmm. I can do that. If I get all my drinking out now, then I won't be able to do that later on. Um but uh yeah, my grandpa uh passed away and he was a uh Holocaust survivor. Um, so, and he didn't, you know, it wasn't like COVID or anything like that. I don't know why that makes it any better. It's just, you know, something you have to say during this time that like, don't worry, he wasn't sick. It just sort of happened at the same time. Um, I guess it's just, um, you know, more of a relief to think about it that way that it would have mm -hmm. happened whether there was a global pandemic or not. Um, but yeah, just a guy who was like funny until the end, um, just, genuinely hilarious guy responsible for you know 
directly and indirectly through my dad of like my sense of humor mm-hmm. um the you know the tinge of absurdism for sure um but you know cool guy um, Did this guy like monty python um he was, he was a little old for monty python okay makes sense yeah i mean my dad was into monty python your dad like monty python yeah yeah um, he was just naturally funny. Someone of, um, you know, you don't uh, eat Python when you're naturally funny, right? I'm a man of few words. He could just say the, um, you know, the fewest amount of words to, um, to make something funny that like the rest of us would just be like trying to come up with something to say and just, yeah, only he only said something when he had something to say, which is something that I nice. definitely. Um, you know, taken to heart in a way that, that I've lived. I don't, you know, I never talk just to talk. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that, um, you know, the way, the way that I'm dealing with, um, with that kind of thing now is like, you know, it's sad in a moment, but like you're, you know, you're still here. So you get to move on. Um, as far as that goes and it's like there's almost a responsibility to to move on from things and like take that person's memory but like you can't you know never dig yourself in a hole because you don't have someone anymore like everything yeah everything that they taught you in the past is already within you everything you know everything that you love about them is something that you currently love about yourself there's a huge loss of physical matter, but there is no loss within what that person has given you within their life. Right. And if you think about like a close friend of yours that you haven't seen in a while, that person only, if you haven't talked to them at all, they only exist within your brain. So mm-hmm. it's like the the same thing, essentially. The only difference is you're able to like, you know, you can contact them again. Um, but, But that's... You know, it's just a, it's a friend you can't get a hold of anymore, but everything they ever taught you and, um, yeah, all of that would exist within you and everything is okay. You don't ever have to, you know, you never have to worry about where they are. You don't have to worry about like what it means for you because, you know, you're still here and you are going to. You know, every person you meet, they are your legacy, whatever you impart on them, mm-hmm. um, regardless of your relationship. And that's, you know, for better or worse. Um, so there is no there's no end to this. You only extend yourself through your your thoughts and ideas to another person. Yeah. And um, yeah, you are a, you're a culmination of everyone that you have ever met. And, um, you know, that translates into, you know, that next person's culmination of who they've ever met. So, yeah, the idea of a legacy is more like the, um, the lessons, ideas, the, the humor, the, uh, feelings that you leave behind that you've made other people feel that's what truly matters. And that's what... That's what this whole this whole thing's about. That's what that's what this life is about. It's allowed. Um, 
leaving a little part of yourself behind for someone else to to carry on not that that not to say that in a selfish way more of like you have a responsibility to share the ideas that were shared with you that made you a better person so that next person mm. can be a better person and you know what try and uh recognize that in regular daily life you know it's like what what's the positivity that i'm bringing this person right now how can i be better how can i you know be just a good person i don't think enough people think of it that way it's very easy just just think about how other people are reacting to you and how you're reacting to other people and find that balance sure and it's all good i don't know for for those of you out there who feel like you need a reminder or something everything is okay you know where where this this life is a is a video game where you're the main player and you don't have a restart you've you've got what is it you got one life left and within this world you got to do everything that you can to make sure that you get onto the next stage at the next level to beat the next boss uh why not take care of yourself why not get those one-ups every once in a while chug on those mushrooms a little bit and make your brain work a little bit better along with help you grow huh much like mario uh people think that it's very selfish that selfish is a bad thing but to really think about selfish you're thinking about you're taking care of yourself. I don't think it's a selfish thing. I think it's a rather no. dutiful thing because you know what? You're a human being. And what the fuck are you doing in this world if you're not trying to just be the best that you can be? That sounds like some cliche propaganda or something like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. No, I mean, it's no cliche to say be be better than you were yesterday today or be better tomorrow than you were And you today. know what? Don't even worry about it. Don't stress about being better, no. right? Just be yourself. Be good to others. Everything will fall in line. Truth is above all. Without truth, the world is muddied and bland and just confusing and weird. So why not just, uh, you know, when your mommy says, Hey, who took the last cookie? And instead of saying, I didn't do it, you definitely ate the last cookie. So just fess up and show how proud you are of the feat, the, the thing that you accomplished, which was, yeah, I got that fucking cookie for myself. You should say, I got that cookie and I love you, mom. Yes. So, I love you, so okay, so if I were mom, if, okay, who took the last cookie in here? I took the last cookie and I love you, mother. Oh. James, Jameson, I'm so happy that you told me the truth, and I hope you grow up to be a good big boy person. I did. Man. I guess what we're trying to say is live, laugh, love. Be better tomorrow. And everybody out there, if you're listening to me, and all I have to say is... Do your best, be your best, and you will become your best, huh? Thank you. And if that were the case, then people would really cheer for me. You know. Bye. <laughs> this was a Buzzcast Network production. Wow.